0: Welcome to a Stonewalls Perspective Podcast. We're on a mission to see lives changed by the gospel, one life
1: at a time. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Stonewalls Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. In today's episode, I have another very special guest with me. He is the former pastor of the porch at Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas. He is an author and he is the senior pastor at a church in Waco, Texas called Harris Creek Baptist Church. Please welcome Jonathan Pekluta. How are you doing so, today, man. Jonathan?
0: Hey, brother. I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I am doing amazing, man. I am so excited to have you on. Uh, so today, JP and I, we're going to be talking about pride and humility. But before we do that, could you just give everyone uh, like a 30-second uh, testimony, like who you are, uh, how you came to know the Lord and everything?
0: Yeah, man, for sure. So I was raised in the church in about in a small town, South Texas, 6,000 people in the middle of nowhere. I was raised Catholic. My dad was Catholic. My mom was Lutheran. They went to separate churches every Sunday. I never even knew that was weird until I <laughs> left, but I went to a Catholic school for nine years. So church every Friday and Sunday, I was involved in a Baptist youth group. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, I, um, I I would say as a in high school, I just kind of like lost my way got involved in, you know, drinking at an early age, smoking weed at an early age and part loving the party, always finding identity in girls. And then when I went to college, you know, I had all the freedom that college offers, but none of the maturity and responsibility to go with that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just kind of did more sin, if you will. And at this point in my life, my relationship with God just kind of fizzled to nothing. I graduated from college. I moved to Dallas and I was at a club 19 years ago mm-hmm. and someone invited me to a church and so I sat in the back row, hung over. I smelled like smoke from the night before. And I began to wrestle with, what do I believe about God? So I looked at the Hindu faith, the Bo- the Buddhist faith, the Jewish faith, the Islamic faith, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Church of Christian Science, Scientology. And I kept tripping over Jesus, You know, this character in history that somehow reset the calendar 2021 years ago. And I just realized he was real. And I'd seen Jesus on the cross, but I never realized that was a payment for my sins, that he had died for my sins for everything that I had done. And so I trusted in that and um, and believed that that payment cleared because of the empty tomb that he raised from the dead and that his spirit literally comes and lives with me and guides me and directs me. And so when I surrendered my life to Jesus, meant everything began to change. I, I ultimately married this girl that I was dating and I, you know, a couple of years later went on staff at a church and then a couple of years later began to preach and teach the gospel and the word of God. And so that's, that's what I've been doing at the porch for 12 years and at Watermark uh, for several years. And now at Harris Creek for the past two and a half, three years.
1: Praise God. That's amazing. And I just thank the Lord for um, God changing your life for him, just really using you to impact others as well. And so, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about pride and humility and something that I've learned in my Christian walk is that pride, it's the mother Of all sins like it's the sin that led to the fall of lucifer he he got so prideful up in heaven because he wanted to be like god that that he ultimately fell and and that's how we are where we are today and and pride robs you of god's favor and and there's a man by william by the name of william Hazlitt, and he says pride erects a little kingdom of its own and acts as sovereign as in it, and so, like when we're prideful, it's like we're building up our own kingdom, our own empire. But in reality, that's not what we should be doing at all. We should be focusing on God's kingdom and His His will for our lives instead of our prideful um, actions and thoughts.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. The pride is the sin that made the devil the devil, and so Lucifer. Mm-hmm. The, the, the greatest of angels was in the kingdom, and he didn't want to worship God. He wanted to be God. Mm-hmm. And so he tells God, hey, I want to be God. And God says, all right, let's send you to the earth and see what kind of God you are. And the scripture calls him the God of this world, the little G God of this world, and the prince of this air. And so I think we forget that narrative that Satan is here ruling as a king, trying to, to maintain authority over us, wanting us to worship him as God and not the one true God as God. And yeah, pride is the root of all sin so as as they say as the scripture says money is a root of all kinds of evil pride is the root of all sin like at most of what we do is founded in some sort of pride yep Agreed. most of sin that we do
1: mm-hmm. yeah so for so first Peter 5 first uh, Peter first Peter chapter 5 yeah verses 5 through 11 it, it talks about pride and and being prideful but in reality it also talks about being humble and so what we should do uh, is what scripture says so it starts in verse five and says likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders yes all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility uh for for god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he cares for you be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are expected experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Uh, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so, so pride, it's like we said earlier, it's the, it's the root of all sin and God resists pride. God resists prideful people. And it, it seems as if there are many Christians who are all about themselves, all about pridefulness and, and who they are and what they're doing for the kingdom. When in reality, Christ resists that, even if you're doing the greatest things for the Lord and being prideful about it, God will resist that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree. Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, if we, you want to walk through that verse.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. And so he says, first thing he says, clothe yourself in humility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's something important for your listeners to to keep in mind that humility is like that little black dress that looks Humility is like those air force ones, man, they look good with everything, right? You wear them with the tux and you wear them with, with, with your ball shorts, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like it, it, humility looks good on everyone for all occasions. And so we should think about our day and the meetings that we have and think, man, I'm really going to have to wear humility to that. What does it look like for me to put on, to clothe myself with humility? And he says, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, that that the Lord, the creator of the heavens, the earth actually will come in opposition to someone who is acting prideful. Who's your opponent? If you're prideful, the most powerful force that the world has ever known, the one who actually created the world by speaking it into existence. You do not want God as your opposition. And so it's like man you are you are going the wrong way i kind of think of it like if you think about a giant spring in a wall you know and almost like a cartoon where you're trying to push this spring back into a wall and the spring's as big as you are and you're trying to push it back into a wall like that's you coming up against god if you're prideful but if you're humble it's like you turn around and he's the force behind you thrusting you into existence pushing you towards meetings and relationships and success And so uh, you want God to be the force by which you move, not your opposition. It says cast all your anxiety or in the Greek, it's actually casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So there's something to the reality of pride and anxiety. Or a lack of humility that creates anxiety in our life. And we have to remember this: that, that if I ever feel anxious, I, the, one of the first questions I want to ask is, "Am I acting out of pride? Mm-hmm. Do I lack humility?" And so, uh, the, you know, it says, "Cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you." Remembering that God cares for me, He says, uh, "Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." And so, there's something when i operate in pride that i'm giving satan a foothold in my life i'm being open i'm opening myself to sin and satan is is like a starving lion and uh but he's and if you feed him like if you act in pride then he's eaten he's found out he's like a stray cat and he's found out where there's food but if you act in humility and it says you stand firm in the faith then he you know he's gonna go. He's gonna leave you. He's not gonna hang out because he wants to eat. He's hungry, and so we always want to act in humility. We want to stand firm in the faith. We want to center our lives around Jesus, and uh, and so yeah, those are those are just some thoughts, some commentary on that passage that uh, right. that has been really meaningful to me. That's There's a lot of memory verses there, like back to back. If you think about right. it, you know, clothe yourself in humility. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that in due time he may lift you up. Like that's so important mm-hmm. that it's God who exalts me. It's not me who exalts me. And your, and your cross reference there is Philippians 2, that Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself like a servant then i think we all want to lead and we all want the spotlight and we all want you know a million views on tiktok but but we forget that it that it's god who's sovereign and and he's in charge of what people think of us he's in charge of where we go and really we need to humble ourselves under his mighty hand
1: mhm you know i love how scripture really just Bonds together and meshes together, and and that's exactly what happens here in First Peter chapter five. Like you said, there's multiple different Bible verses, like in this, um, from from verse five to to verse eleven. But when you put them all together, it just works so beautiful. Like the way that Scripture interprets Scripture is amazing. And, and I like something that you said is that pride pride brings about um, anxiety, and, and and there's many people who may struggle with anxiety. And, and the reality is that it could be coming from a prideful heart, a prideful, prideful position. And the solution to that is humility.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to want to hear you say, is like all anxiety comes from pride. And that's not what we're saying. Right. We're saying that if, if you struggle with anxiety, one thing that you're going to want to inspect is, hey, am I operating in humility or am I operating in pride?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And and then another thing that pride uh, brings about, it it brings about separation. It it brings separation from a healthy relationship with God. And it brings about separation with a healthy relationship with with your peers, with the people around you. And when you have pride, people will look at you and and say, why would I want to be around them when they're all about them instead of being all about everything else?
0: Yeah, like I always say, are you a here-I-am guy or a there-you-are guy? Mm -hmm. And there's some of us that we walk into a room and we just automatically assume everybody's talking about us, thinking about us, and we're just constantly living in that headspace. What are other people thinking about me? What are other people thinking about me? And a truly humble person is just going to take such an interest in others. That's what it says in Philippians 2. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others more important than yourself. And so what does it look like for me in humility to consider others more important than myself? It's been said, uh, I think it was maybe C.S. Lewis who said it first, or I don't know who said it first, but um, humility is not uh, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I would just add Christian biblical humility is then thinking other, of others more. And so constantly giving consideration to how others feel and how you can meet their needs and, and what you can do to serve them.
1: And then I'd add on to that thinking about God more as well, thinking on the things of God, Philippians chapter four, I believe it says like, um, think on the things of God, like whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, think on these things. And and that's the, that's one of the signs of someone who, uh, is humble is that he thinks on the things of God rather than the things of, of man or the things that he desires is that he thinks on God's things rather than our own things, um, and, and you know, pride—it's—it's it's a trap. It's a—it's—it's it's a trap to be in bondage to other sins as well. Um, people will puff themselves up with pride and say that I'm above this sin or above that sin, and the moment that you do that is then is the moment that you're probably going to fall to that sin as well. And it's a sad, sad thing that occurs in many people's lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, I I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think we want to constantly think through how do we, you know, John the Baptist prayed this prayer, John um, uh, three thirty. I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. I pray that pray that I would become less and that you would become more. And you're right. I think that a, a core solution to solving our problem of pride is to see much more of Jesus. When I was in Africa there was a, we were, we went to a photo safari. So we were in, there were no fences, but there were animals everywhere. And we went looking for a lion one day cause somebody had heard them kind of roaring in the tent. And so I remember getting up and, and you know, pulling up in this uh, Jeep. So we're in this like defender 90, it didn't have a top on it, you know? So it was just like open air vehicle. And we pulled right up to this lion that was lying down uh, there on the side of the road There's a male lion is massive. It's such a huge animal. You could see every shred of muscle in his body. It was just so ripped. And, and it, in my head went to kind of a dark place in my head. I just thought, man, that thing could jump in this Jeep and just devour me, like crush my, my skull and its teeth, you know, like, man, I've got no defense. If it decides to kill me, it can kill me at will. Right. And so it was like terrifying, but it was also beautiful. And, and in that moment, I just felt so small compared to that lion, like so defenseless and so so weak and so vulnerable. And it was humbling. And I think when we sit next to Jesus, like we put ourselves next to the Son of God, the creator of the heavens, and the earth, the one who all things were made by him and for him. Um, he was before all things and in him, all things hold together. Colossians says about him, when we put ourselves next to him, we can't help but be humbled. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to humility right now. Like it's, it's very commonplace to be embarrassed, but, but much of embarrassment is rooted in pride. And so I think, you know, we're so afraid of being humiliated, but if, if humility is a virtue, humiliation is actually a, a pathway to that. And you think, well, who would choose to be humiliated? Well, Jesus did, you know, mm-hmm. when he, when they reviled against him, he didn't revile in return. And, and, um, he you know bled out naked on the side of the road was tortured and he was completely humiliated the the humiliation of god is at the center of our faith and so it's like why do we feel like we need to go through this world and try to be kings and queens when when our god walked went through this world as a servant
1: amen and you know one of the things that you just said there is that um like if you compare yourself next to god it's like there's no way that you can't be humble. And, you know, when I'm thinking about that, I think of Isaiah. Um, and, and Isaiah was a man of unclean lips. He was probably pretty prideful. And then an angel appears to him. They, The the angel puts a thing on his mouth because he's an un, a man of unclean lips. And he's like, Woe is me, for I am undone. And, and that's the reaction that we should have once we come to salvation and, and we're standing like next to God, our life before His is like not a place of um of pride but one like wow this is god and this is me i should be humbled before him and, and that's something beautiful to think about um sure when when we come to our salvation like god is a god who loves us in spite of us that's amazing Amen. no doubt love that mhm and so what I would say is that people, we need to come to an end of ourselves, our kingdom, our pride and put on Jesus, put on humility. And so humility is not something that that naturally happens. We're not born naturally humble. That, that's not something that occurs, but it's something that you have to put on every single day, day in, day out, wake up, pray, God, give me a humble heart today. Help me be humble before you and before others, instead of puffing myself up with pride, like the devil would like, and it's something that we have to do every day.
0: Yeah, man. The die to ourselves every day. Jesus says, Mm -hmm. take up your cross every day. One of the most humbling things Jesus ever did was when he picked up an instrument of torture and he paraded it across the town. He was, had to walk. He tripped. He stumbled. He needed help up. He was thirsty. You know, he was bleeding out he was, he was humiliated. He was wearing next to nothing as he paraded it was paraded through town carrying this cross and what he tells us is is take up your cross daily and so i think that is that clothe yourself in humility daily you know make sure that that we are, are walking with a mindset that we care more about others than we do ourselves
1: you know and then so i'm going to ask you how do we how do we put on humility because it's not something that we can easily do um,
0: yeah. I had a, uh, a friend say that he would look at his calendar every morning. So when I get dressed in the morning, I think about what meetings I have that day. And I think about what do I need to wear for those meetings. So like, if I'm going to meet with, you know, the mayor, I may put on a suit and a tie, right. If I'm just hanging out with my staff, I may, I may wear something more casual like today's our staff day. So I'm in a t-shirt and some, some joggers, Uh, if I'm going to, you know, meet with, with other people, you know, maybe wear jeans and a button down, or, you know, if I'm preaching, if I'm teaching, you know, I'm going to wear something appropriate for the occasion. If I'm doing a youth camp versus a a Sunday church, right. I may wear different things, whatever's going to help me facilitate the preaching of the gospel, the sharing of the gospel. Right. And so I had this friend tell me like whenever uh, he wakes up in the morning, he looks at his meetings and he considers what, what kind of, how much humility he's going to have to wear to each of those meetings. So like if him and his boss are sideways, right. That he's going to have to wear a lot of humility. Um, If, if, if he's, you know uh, if he's meeting, having lunch with his wife, you know, that's going to take some amount of humility. If he's uh, meeting, coaching his kids basketball. Like that's going to take some amount of humility. So he just literally goes to the exercise of, okay, what does it look like for me to clothe myself in humility with this meeting? And, and as such, he's the wisest man I know. And, uh, and one of the most humble people that I know. So, uh, you know, that's, that's working well for him. I would say
1: mm-hmm. that's, um, that's amazing. And, you know, I came up with three things in preparation for this, like, how do we put on humility? And I, in those three things, those three things are serve Christ for Christ. So, so when we're serving serve for him, not for ourselves, not, not to say I'm serving, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Serve it for the Lord. First Corinthians 10 31, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So when we serve him, do it for him, not, not for ourselves. The next thing is resist the devil's temptations with pride and and that's something that's going to happen every day. Like if you struggle with pride, the devil will use that and he will tempt you with pridefulness. And, and, and then the third thing is stand firm in the faith, stand strong in the faith, put on the armor of God, Ephesians chapter six, for because there's a spiritual war around us that we can't see. And the way that we win that spiritual war is we put on the armor of God and stand firm in the faith that we have in Christ, that we can resist temptation, that we can resist pridefulness, that we can resist sin. And that's how we put on humility. So serving Christ for Christ, resisting the devil's temptations with pride and standing firm in the faith that we have in Jesus.
0: I love that, man. It's a great Mm -hmm. list. Amen. That's a good word.
1: Mm -hmm. So, so is there anything that else that you would, that you would add to that? Um,
0: I serve, man. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. When people ask me, hey, how do I become humble? I'm just like, so use your life to serve others. Mm-hmm. So go to the, you know, serve at your church first and foremost. Make sure that you're using your gifts there. Set out chairs, right? I think everybody wants the spotlight and to be on the stage, to be seen, to be noticed. Man, play the background. Um, serve at a homeless shelter, you know, care. Care. Uh, care for those. Do stuff do stuff for people who can do nothing for you in return. Because it's like when we do stuff for somebody who can pay us back, you know, our motive is questionable. But when we do something for somebody who can do nothing for us in return, and it's just like we're not doing it to feel good, we're just doing it to use our lives as a, an act of worship. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, in, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So I want to present my body. My act of worship is to present myself as a living sacrifice to God. Like here I am, God, use me as you please. And I think so many people like their greatest desires to be rich, to be famous, to be known, you know, to have followers, to have influence. And that's just, that's satanic. It flies in the face of what god calls us to the humility that god calls us to you know and so it's like and 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 pride in and of itself is so is is satanic right and just think about this i think about a basketball player let's just say lebron james right he he gets a fast break and he dribbles you know uh to his goal and the defense is there and they're set up and he he goes up and he he does this you know spin move through the key jumps up monster thunder hook uh thunder thunder uh dunk i mean tomahawk dunk right just crushes the backboard and um the whole rim shake. you know the goal shaking and there's and a defender jumped up to try to stop him and he got the fouls plus one and one i mean just dunked over some guy right and he stands over him like what face does he make what do you think what face does he make
1: probably a smile. i don't know um, well, you, you, um, you've seen it—the one over who's and over and over. Like, like, on or LeBron, LeBron. Oh like yeah. The, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They like He's they like, just like like stand over, right? It, and it's like not, I'm not picking on LeBron. Kinda... Yeah, it's that angry, like ah, I guess I did. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the greatest. Yeah. And it's interesting that we make evil faces in those moments of intense pride, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's whenever we boast in our gifts. But that's what we do is it's the manifestation of evil in our lives like that. We're we like show that like ah, the, the big, angry, you know, prideful face. It's it's right. interesting that the prideful face is also the angry, evil face. All right. Mm-hmm. And again, this isn't about LeBron. This is it, people do this in all cultures and all in all sports. You know, we want to gloat. And when we gloat, it's 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 often just like pointing to ourselves mm-hmm. in ways that I think make Satan happy. Rather than just like to be encouraging, like Lord, thank you for the gifts that you've entrusted to me, so that I'm able to play this game and in, the, in the, the, the places that you've placed me, so that I can work on these skills. You know, it's just a different mindset,
1: right? And you know, going back to like serving and everything, um, there's there's a ministry. It's called Passion City Church. It's with Louis Giglio, and when when they talk about serving, instead of um, they they have volunteers, but they don't call them volunteers. They call them Door holders, and the reason why they call them that is, door holders are people who've been on the inside and experienced Jesus, and are willing to open the door for others to be welcomed in. And I think that's what our mission should be as Christians—to to open the door, say, "Hey, come in. This is a place where you can experience God, find God," and that that's this is just a beautiful thing to think about when it when it comes to serving. Like it's not about us. It's not about us volunteering. It's us saying. Hey, this is for the kingdom. This is for Christ, and we need to do this.
0: Yeah, ma'am. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it, brother. Well, man, thanks so much for having me on and let me talk about, of course, about these things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was amazing having you on. I've I've loved listening to you with with uh, with the porch and with Harris Creek, and and I love just learning from you. So yeah, uh, it was it was an honor to have you on, and so an honor to be here, Alex. With, Thank you of course. So with that being said, that's going to come to an end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, JP, for being on.
0: My joy, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.